Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, a show where we explore the world of sport and deconstruct the tools and ethos of world-class athletes to create growth and optimize business. I'm Noel Allnut, the CEO of Securo, and today we have a different kind of guest. I'll be talking to musician and entertainer Greg Page. Greg shares his life view on how there's an abundance of opportunities surrounding all of us if we choose to reopen to them. Greg also shares the tale of how he became Greg Wiggle, but was forced to leave due to illness. There's some great stories and learnings in Greg's tales, so please enjoy this episode of the Building Resilience Podcast. Building Resilience Podcast. Greg Page, welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Noel. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Delighted to have you on today. Um, when I mentioned to uh, that I was going to be interviewing Greg Wiggle and, and understanding around that, there's a lot of lads in the office and uh, and the girls in the office going, oh, he saved me so much time over the years uh, with the kids. He's iconic in our living room. So delighted to have you on the show today. Well, that's good. I'm glad the Wiggles have been able to help people build resilience to parenthood. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. It's a, I've got a I've got, got a child on the way, and it's a, and uh, I'm, so I'm, I'm getting all these tips and tricks at the moment from people to understand that resilience and uh, make sure that I can uh, harden myself and get ready for it. It's a journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of journeys, there, Greg, I'd love to start with your journey. Um, kind of how you got into to where you ended up, really, uh, into, in, into the Wiggles. But I know it's, a, it's an interesting journey from northwestern Sydney. I'd love for you to kick off and, and share more about that. Well, look, I've grown up loving music all my life, and I think that innately within, within me, I knew that I would always be pulled to a, a musical career of some sort. But I think when you when you grow up trying to... Uh, make yourself known in music. So playing in garage bands, it's a tough slog. And you realise at a certain age that not everybody's going to make it in music. And I kind of started to look at different paths in life. And one path that I looked at was working behind the scenes in music. So working either in a music studio, recording music for bands, or working on the live scene as a sound engineer. And that decision to look at those paths led me to connect with Anthony Field, who at that point in time was playing in a group called the Cockroaches, and he, he's nine years older than me. So I was in high school and the Cockroaches were making number one music at that point in time, 1987, and I got to work, I got to do work experience with them through high school. So that's really when I met Anthony and made that connection. And he could see in me, I guess, a passion for music and he liked my voice. Um, my singing voice, that is. And when when I decided to leave school, he said, well, what are you going to be doing? I said, well, I want to be a roadie. He said, mate, you can't be a roadie all your life. You've got to do something else. You can't be 50, which I am now, which is quite funny that he said it back then. He said, you don't want to be 50 years old and lugging music gear upstairs for bands, you know, three flights of stairs every day. So I thought about that and I thought, well, what else could I use my music in that I would really feel like I'd be doing something positive? And I thought about teaching. Now, coincidentally, Anthony was doing a teaching course at that point in time and he was doing early childhood teaching. And when I thought back to my school years, it was really those younger years of schooling where music was a very 
powerful and influential thing in the classroom. So he persuaded me to go and have a look at this early childhood teaching course that he was doing at Waverley, which was part of Macquarie University. And I decided that, yeah, apart from the fact that there were 300 girls at the university <laughs> and only five guys, I thought it sounded like a pretty good course to be doing because music was such a, an integral part of early childhood education. Okay. So you went down that path. You started looking at becoming a roadie with that real passion for music. And then through kind of throwing yourself into that passion, it enabled you to have broader conversations um, around what else is out there and ensuring that you don't kind of fall down that trap, as you said, of becoming that 50-year-old roadie because um, that doesn't pay the bills. No, and I, I think that the main thing that I look back on and I think about in terms of my journey what it is, it is staying true to your passion or your desire and opening every door that's available to you and not letting it close in your face. So despite the fact that people might say to you, well, look, you can't make a living out of music, find another door that might lead you down a path and you just never know what the next door leads to. And there might be many doors there and then you can try every one of those doors. And I think that that was the thing. You don't give up on your dream. You don't give up on your passion. You just find ways of living that because when you live your passion, that's when you're at your best. That's when you, uh, as they say in the spiritual world, that's when you're vibrating with the highest frequency. So what was it in your childhood or in early adulthood that gave you that spirit um, in order to, to not give up and, and, and ask more questions and, and kind of follow your dreams? I don't, I think I was born with it, to be honest with you. I think it was a gift that I was given early on to just sort of, look at life as being full of opportunities rather than being full of setbacks. I think every setback you have is an opportunity to look at things and as hurtful and as disappointing and as, um, you know, it, it knocks you down. It, it really does knock you down and you have to get back up because if you don't get back up, I mean, your life is dependent upon your next move. And if you don't make a positive step forward, you'll be stuck in that place of feeling down, feeling bad, feeling terrible about yourself. And you really need to just look at life and go, you know what? There are so many ways forward from this point. You just have to look for them and they will be there. It's just when you have that, when you have the opposite mindset, you don't see those opportunities because you, you can't see them because you're, you're trapped in that internal phase of life you're not looking out outwardly and looking at what is available and what opportunities there are yeah, we often uh, hear from the guests around where you see people having that action paralysis. They don't take action. They kind of know what they need to do or they have a good understanding that where they are today isn't exactly where they want to be. But without taking action, nothing changes. And, and, and that's the thing that people talk about too, having that mismatch when you've got that, that feeling or desire inside, but your reality doesn't match with that. And that's when you get that disease or, or unease. And yes, people do say that that leads to disease. The disease becomes disease. Um, so you've got to make your reality match your desires and your intentions because when you're living in that place of being fearful or disabled through not being able to live out your desires, that's when your life becomes that stagnant, trap of just going nowhere so your life hasn't gone nowhere it's gone into some amazing things um, in some amazing areas around the world as i came in here 
today in, in the office, my, uh, my business partner gave me an interesting fact about the Wiggles. He said that the Wiggles sold out Madison Square Garden 12 times, uh, the fastest it's ever been done. And um, he, he, was, he, he wanted to tell me that the, the, fourth, the, the people that came behind the Wiggles were the white stripes. And uh, <laughs> so you've been to some really interesting places in the world. And if we just drill down on the fear part of that, um, you're, there, you're there at Madison Square Garden ready to go out uh, in front of all of those people. How do you manage that fear? How do you manage that adrenaline? Uh, look, I think part of it is experience and practice. So by the time we got to do those shows at Madison Square Garden, we'd been gigging and touring for many, many years. So it was something. It wasn't that, your first rodeo. You weren't working straight yeah, on Yeah, that's right. I mean, had, gosh, had that been the first rodeo, it would have been a different story. But our very first concerts that we did still came with a lot of trepidation, not fear, but probably nerves and trepidation. And I think as a performer, you kind of want to have some nerves to keep you on your edge. You want to make sure that you're not so relaxed. If you're too relaxed, there's no energy about your performance. And particularly with the Wiggles, a lot of it is about energy. And we get a lot of that energy back from the audience too because there's there's this amazing feeling in the room at a Wiggles show that everybody just picks up on the vibe and the energy in the room. It's just so positive and powerful. But going back, I, I think there's always times when you're about to go on stage and you think, oh, you know, have we rehearsed this enough? Is something going to go wrong? So there's always that little bit of fear or trepidation in your mindset because anything can go wrong. It is live. You never know what's going to happen. And I think you just have to be prepared to deal with it and being being a performer, you have to be resilient. You have to be able to pivot, which is the new term that came out of COVID, right? Everybody had to know how to pivot after COVID. Well, as a performer, you've got to go with the flow. You've got to go with whatever happens, whether it's a technical malfunction, whether it's something in the audience, whether it's somebody on stage who forgets a line or forgets something in the show. It can all come undone if you don't know how to deal with it appropriately. But that's so relevant to life. You know, you can go out there with the best game plan that you want for life, but you're not in control of everything that happens. So you've got to be resilient. You've got to be able to pivot. You've got to be able to think on your feet. You've got to be able to look for pathways to take that make you feel safe and that make you feel like you are heading in the direction that you want to be headed. So I think that that's where, um, you know, being a performer and being able to be creative in your thoughts really helps with with life lessons doesn't mean i haven't made mistakes in life i've made plenty of mistakes we all have but again you've got to get back up on your feet and not let the mistakes wear you down do you have any habits or processes that you would say would be unique to uh, to greg page any of the <laughs> any things that, that that you do that uh the field give you a bit, a bit of an edge or or an ability to uh to kind of be strong and, uh, and, and, and make the right decisions? No, I wouldn't say anything's unique to me. I think that it's probably just that I have or I feel that I have a very positive outlook on life. Now, as I said, that doesn't mean I don't make mistakes, doesn't mean that I've got it all right because I don't. But regardless of that, I just like to look at life as being something that we're here to benefit from and we're here to benefit others through our own lives. And I think if you can look at life as that, as, you know, glass half full rather than half empty, that is probably the the single biggest thing for me that makes life valuable because there's so much richness in life through living each day, through every experience we have, 
through every relationship that we connect with other people through, there is so much to learn and be gained from. And I think that that's just such a, a beautiful blessing that it's it's just so uh, it's just incredibly powerful. And if we can harness that power, if we can think like that all the time, that everything that happens to us is for our own good, not to, to defeat us. It is there for us to learn from and grow from. Then that's a really key key thing to living life in a, a positive and yeah, powerful way to give back to others. That's that's an awesome way of looking at the world. Having that positive outlook and trying to avoid that kind of pessimism in order, in order to to look at kind of the opportunities out there and and kind of seek to understand the the world as it is and then take advantage of those opportunities and throw yourself out there and have that positive mindset. It, it really nurtures something special um, and people like yourself who've got that mentality there's a there's a real kind of magnetism towards that uh, to get on the movement and of course being in front of millions of children and, and, and millions of parents that's kind of really been galvanized for you yeah absolutely and you hit on something really important there and that is to take advantage of the opportunity don't take advantage of people yeah. I think that is so important for people to understand as well that you know you can't always be aware of everybody else's situation and whether or not something you do will be harming them. But when you knowingly take advantage of somebody else, that's a different story. And I think life is about taking advantage of opportunities, not of other people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, you've actually gone through quite a few setbacks um, in your life. Um, are you able to, to share to the audience some of those setbacks and importantly how you bounce back from them? Yeah, look, I mean, I think one of the biggest setbacks that I experienced was when I had to leave the Wiggles in 2006 because I had an illness that I didn't know what it was. I was collapsing on stage or backstage and just feeling generally unwell. And it took a long time to get a diagnosis for that. And leaving the Wiggles after 16 years of being a part of that group from the age of 19 so it was 16 years out of 34 years of my life or 35 years of my life. It was a very big deal to make that change and to try and cope with it. And I think that's one of the things that I didn't realise at the time how hard it was because I'd gone from this massive period of my life of being Greg Wiggle, but then stepping out of that and then having to identify with who I really was myself. And I'd been through personal challenges, through you know, marriage um, difficulties, um, trying to deal with that. And I guess coming out of a broken marriage, you struggle to think about, well, what could I have done better or what should I have done better to try to make that work? How could I have been a better person? Dealing with all of those thoughts really can get to you. And it's dealing with that at the same time as dealing with a, an illness that you don't really know what it is and, and having to move forward that was very very tough and then trying to find a new path forward in life outside of children's entertainment I tried different things that didn't work and it was very very tough to go from being so successful to having things that you tried that didn't work and just feeling like I guess feeling like a failure and that can really play on your self-esteem and your sense of self-worth so dealing with those things is very hard and I think a lot of people probably deal with those things on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, and it, but it's how you deal with it that makes the difference. So if you can always look at things and go, you know what, that didn't work the, the way I wanted it to. I wish it could have been better, but it wasn't, but that doesn't matter. What I'm going to do is I'm going to learn from that and I'm going to step forward and do something great from this point onward. 
that's how you have to view life. You can't stay in that feeling of, oh, man, that didn't work. It should have gone better than that. Why didn't it work? I'm a failure. I should have done this. When you stay in that past mindset, when you're, you're living in the past, you can't look at the future. You have to step forward and look at the future and, you know, bring the learnings of the past with you, but don't bring the emotions of the past with you as well. And how do you um, how do you go on from that then? So you come back, you end up coming back into the Wiggles, um, get successful again with, within the Wiggles and the, and, and the huge uh, just movement that the Wiggles is. And then a couple of years later, you then, then you have a cardiac arrest. So you, you've built that resilience up and then boom, out of nowhere, you have this cardiac arrest. Yeah. Well, that, that was, it's funny to think about it in this way, but that cardiac arrest the fact that I survived that has really been a driving force for me in my life now. To wake up in hospital and be told that only 10% of people survive a sudden cardiac arrest is very, very powerful indeed because you realise that your number could have been up at that point in time but for the fact I was in the right place at the right time. And when you think about the fact that you've got a profile your story made it onto the news. People know who you are. They know the story. I really feel that I can use that to try and save lives because, let's face it, 10% survival rate is ridiculously low. I, I still cannot get my head around that. We can do better than that. The only way that we can do better than that is to have more people knowing about sudden cardiac arrest as opposed to a heart attack because they're two different things, but knowing how to respond to a cardiac arrest when somebody's not responding and not breathing normally or at all, that's when we need bystanders to respond. So for me, surviving that cardiac arrest was very empowering. Now, that might sound selfish, but it's totally coming from a place of knowing, you know what, I've got to use my profile and my image and my story now to try and spread that awareness. And it's not about me. It's about other people now, but it's using my story and using my profile to generate that awareness if I can. So now my life is pretty much dedicated to that. I, I formed a charity that I contribute all my time to now. It's pretty much 95% of my time is spent on that, trying to advance this cause of raising awareness. And what's the name of that charity? It's called Heart of the Nation. And it's really about raising awareness of sudden cardiac arrest and how to respond appropriately to it by using the chain of survival. Okay, excellent. Well, when the show goes live, we'll get the links to that charity then. And congratulations on doing that. It's such a, it's such a vital thing to to raise that awareness. Um, I know so many people, including myself, who've, who've lost people from from cardiac arrest. So, on behalf of all of the listeners who've done that, and myself, thank you for for raising that awareness and, and taking the time out um, and dedicating uh, dedicating yourself in order to do that. No, that's like I said, it's just something I feel really passionate about. So part of my resilience, I guess, is to be able to use my time now to, to raise that awareness and have more lives saved, hopefully. Greg, it's been fascinating to get to know you more, more about your mindset, more about your ethos for the world. The question that I ask everybody on the show is, how do you define resilience? Resilience is an ability to be able to deal with whatever comes your way. And I think, you know, we see that in situations at the moment in New South Wales with floods that have been going on. We saw it with the bushfires. Resilience is being able to cope 
with whatever life throws at you and having that skill of being able to get back up on your feet and, and step forward, that's resilience. It's when you stay trapped and you feel stagnated, that's when life gets the better of you. Life is about moving forward. If you don't move with it, you get left behind. Greg, thank you very much for joining us on the Building Resilience podcast today. Congratulations on an amazing career and an amazing journey. And it's been a pleasure to get to know you more. Oh, thanks, Noel. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks very much, Greg. Thanks for listening to the Building Resilience podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you listen so you don't miss future episodes. Thanks to our guest today, Greg Page. I appreciate your time. Thank you to our sponsor, Securo. Securo, trust tomorrow. If you'd like to know more about myself or Securo, you can head to Securo.io. This podcast was made by Afternoon Sport Group.